You're listening to the Metro LA Podcast, an official podcast of the LA International Church of Christ. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Metro region of the Los Angeles International Church of Christ. It's great to have you with us today. Um, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's just good to have our friends, our family, our neighbors, our coworkers. Uh, we have we have a special series that we're super excited to share with you. That we're uh, just going to open up and just have some good talks. It's going to be a little different than our normal church service, but um, I'm really excited about it. Uh, I think I think this is going to be a great time together to discuss some things. Maybe look at a couple scriptures and and just figure out how we're learning and growing as individuals, as people. And spirituality is obviously a huge topic. And lots of people are talking about it. And I think more than ever, you know, with this year and all the challenges and the problems and the things that have happened, a lot of people, you know, are, are seeking. They're seeking spirituality. They're seeking connection. They're seeking God. They're, so, And that's really what kind of inspired us to uh, do this series, finding series, finding spirituality, finding God, finding peace, you know, finding, finding uh, confidence or courage. Um, you know, living without fear. These, these, these are these are very important topics for a lot of us right now. All of us are dealing with it on some level and in some way. So, um, so we're going to jump in here and um, go ahead and have a great time and a great study. Uh, so, first of all, you know, what is spirituality? We're talking about spirituality. You know, we generally get confused and what? Okay, spirituality. Uh, I think that has to do with religion. You know, is that is that a Christian thing? Is it a Buddhist thing? Is it a a, a shamanism thing? A shaman thing? A, a Islam, Jewish, Hindu? You know, there's and their spirituality transverses all the different religions, you know, and all the different major religions because the, because of the the core issues of spirituality. But there is a difference basically between practicing religion and spirituality that is important to note. And a lot of times, sometimes uh, those of us who are Christians get that confused and we think it's the same thing. It's not the same thing. There's a difference. Spirituality is, you know, where do I find meaning? How do I feel connected? What is my connection to the universe, to the, everything around me? How should I live? Um, you know, how do I live as a connected person, as as a spiritual being? Um, you know, how do I achieve oneness? You know, all the religions tackle these issues. And of course, there's different views. There's a difference between a Buddhist oneness and a and a christian oneness you know a buddhist oneness is more oneness with the creation a christian oneness is oneness with god and the holy spirit and jesus you know um religion is a different category religion is what practices rites or rituals should i follow you know i mean technically baptism is a ritual you know and and quiet times are practices and things that we do in our religion what is the right what is right and wrong when are the truth from false true from lies um, how should I live? What is true and false? I already said that. How do I save myself? You know, a lot of religion is deals with salvation. How do I save myself? And that can be, how do I save myself from eternal punishment? Or how do I save myself from myself? You know, how do I save myself from danger around me? There's a lot of different ways that question is asked. And that's what religion deals with, you know, de deals with those issues. And of course, they cross over in belief, in comfort, in reflection, in ethics, morals, and being in awe of God or of creation, right? And having that sense of awe, that's, 
it's very much a spiritual attribute, you know, that, that's something the spirit does inside us. Um, spiritual Spirituality does not come from religion. That's a, important to know. I think particularly for those who grew up, you know, which is probably most of us listening today, we grew up with a Christian background, something Christian. You know, we celebrate Christmas and, and we, you know, we celebrate, went to church on Easter. Uh, but spirituality is not the same, right? It's not does not come from religion. It comes from I, I'm quote I'm reading a quote here from uh, from Haile Selassie, you know, of all people. Uh, it comes from our our soul. We must stop confusing religion and spirituality. Religion is a set of rules, regulations, and rituals created by humans, which were supposed to help people spiritually. Uh, due to human imperfection, religion uh, has become corrupt political, divisive, and a tool for power struggle. Spirituality is not theology or or ideology. It is simply a way of life. Pure and original is as given by the Most High. Spirituality is a network linking us to the Most High, the universe and each other. I like that. I, li- I like that definition. I think it's a good definition. Um, that the, the difference between spirituality and, and religion. We taught our kids from very young, God is one thing, church is another. Now, if we're good with God, um, we, we've got to be good with the church. And if we're good with the church, we better be good with God. But they're not the same thing. And we have to understand the difference between God and the church. Um, the, 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 one of the really exciting things happening in our world right now, um, and it's been so for the last you know, 20, 30 years, and honestly, those of us in in our in, in the, my church, those of us in the International Church of Christ, we're really late to this party. We we're just now learning about this. A lot of you are in the spiritual formation class on Sundays, and you know people are just raving about how it's blowing their socks off, and and they're learning so much, and they're growing spiritually. That's feeding them spiritually, um, and that's taking advantage of this thing called this thing, this convergence. This convergence of disciplines where spirituality, religion, psychology, philosophy, physics, and sociology overlap and crisscross each other. And, you know, back a hundred years ago, everybody was fighting science versus religion, you know. And the fact is, they are both a pursuit of truth. Both of them are. It's just that because they had different answers, they were at at, at loggerheads. They were jammed. They were They were fighting. And there were debates, there were this and that and this and that. When the reality is, the truth in science is the same truth in religion. Truth is truth. There isn't one kind of truth and a different kind of truth. There isn't truth here, but it's not truth here. Truth is truth. And so if you find it through psychology, through philosophy, through physics, through sociology, it's going to be the same truth that religion had. I, I read this article by an, uh, an astrophysicist. And he was, and he said, he said, I think that you know the pursuit of of, of uh, astrophysics is is like a climb up at the mountain, and we're going to get to the top of the mountain and find an old theologian sitting there laughing, because he told us this two thousand years ago, you know that what they're discovering. There's so many exciting discoveries of everything from the brain to to our breathing to everything that support what the Bible's been saying for hundreds of years. And this convergence is opening doors to, to for Christians to be able to learn from psychologists and psychologists to be able to learn from Christians. And, and of course, we always use the Bible as Christians to kind of test things and, and measure things. But 
for those of you you know visiting and listening, it's not like spirituality means you got to pretend things or you got to ignore the truth or you got to stop reading science, you know, magazines or something. No, not at all. You know, are there going to be differences? Absolutely. But, you know, I'll tell you this, religion has had to be corrected and evolved over the last thousand years. So has science. Science in many ways is like a religion. It makes claims. It pretends to know things that sometimes it doesn't, you know, and it finds out that it's it's auto-correcting constantly. Oh, we were wrong about this. Oh, we were wrong about that. Oh, we're learning this now, you know, and and that's happening in religion too. You know, we're learning, oh yeah, we shouldn't have done that. You know, oh yeah. I mean, some of the worst horrible atrocities in the history of mankind have been done by in the name of religion, in the name of the very person who told us to love each other and even love our enemies, you know? So we're all learning here. And the cool thing is there's this convergence where it's overlapping and it's connecting for a lot of people, which is great. You don't have to be torn. Do I believe in science, as they said in, you know, Nacho Libre, el skeleton, you know, or or do I just love the truth? And guess what? When I love the truth, there's going to be something, some answers that science is going to give me, psychology is going to give me, uh, neural, neural, uh, uh, I forgot the name of the title, but, but the guys who study the brain, um, there's going to be different fields, different uh, backgrounds that are going to give me pieces and I, what I love, what I love about it, being a Bible nerd, is how it just confirms again and again and again what the scriptures have been saying. Um, so what is spirituality? Well, being spiritual is about recognizing that our human senses don't tell the whole story about the universe. That there is more to us than our bodies and brains. You know, that's, that's, that's spirituality is recognizing that there is more to this universe than what we can see, touch, and taste. We know that. Why do we know that? Because we were made in God's image. We sense that. You know, you don't have to see a ghost to know that ghosts exist, you know. But with our rational scientific background, we our church came out of the, you know, it was very influenced by the age of enlightenment and and and, and rationality and cognitive you know, uh, pursuits uh, that our church came out of that. So I want proof, you know, and we're like Thomas saying, I won't believe it until this, this or that, you know, but, but in our hearts of hearts, in our heart of hearts, we know there's a whole lot more going on around us. There are spiritual realms. There are, there's a whole lot that we don't see that we can't see because of our physical limitations that honestly, we can't even conceive because a finite mind cannot grasp the infinite. So we have these limitations and there you need faith, right? Uh, the quality of being concerned with the human spirit or soul as opposed to material or physical things. This is spirituality. Being aware, I have a soul, you have a soul. We all have a soul and that soul is a very real thing. And, that, and, that, and even that has been proven by tons of research. There's a fantastic documentary on, I think it's on Netflix about uh, life after death and people who've come back and what they've seen, what they've experienced, and and how you know all the instruments are attached. The person is dead. There's nothing happening in their brain, and yet they have this incredible experience. And they can tell somebody, yeah, you you know you were sitting on the left side. You handed the doctor this, and the doctor wiped his brow, and he went over and got a glass of water and stuff he shouldn't know because he's lying there dead. Why? Because his soul is watching all of it, you know. And we know, we know inside that is totally true. Christian spirituality, life in the spirit with all of life's internal and external reality. It's recognizing 
that my mind is different than my brain. My mind is connected to my soul, to my being. My brain is an organ in my body that does wonderful, amazing things. But even if that stops, my mind goes on. My soul goes on. Death is not the end. It's a transition. That's what the Bible's been saying for centuries. But even science is figuring that out now. And that has to do with our spirit. Spirituality refers to that part of human being that seeks meaningless meaning less through intra, inter, and transpersonal connection. It's the pursuit of meaning. What is this all about? What is my purpose? What is what what matters? And learning different ways to understand that. The Bible is full of that teaching. And 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 those of you who are in the formation class are getting a touch of that. You're getting a taste of it. You know, this is what I'm getting my doctorate in at, at Fuller Seminary is understanding spirituality and how we develop and how we grow as spiritual people. Because remember, we were made in God's image. Derived from the Latin word spiritus, right? Which refers to breath or wind. In Greek, it's pneuma. In Hebrew, it's ruah. It's, it's, it's the same idea. It's, and, and I love it because throughout the scriptures, there's this continuing idea of the spirit, the word for spirit, Greek, Hebrew, Latin, is both... Wind, breath, air, soul, it connects. Even the name of God, Yahweh, some scholars argue that it's the sound of breathing. It's how we breathe, Yahweh. You know, that, that's, and God said, I am who I am. His name is the being one, the breathing one, the one who is. Um, there are signs of spiritual need. When we have spiritual needs, it shows up. It shows up big time. When we're hungry for love. When we're hungry for hope. When we're hungry for trust. That hunger that, I just, I just, I want to be loved. I want to have hope. I want to be able to trust people. I want to be able to trust my leaders. I want to be able to trust, you know, uh, people around me. I want to not be afraid of them. That we hunger for forgiveness. I feel bad about my life. I feel bad about what I've done. I have regrets. You know, a lot of men, the older you get, we look back at our lives and we and we get full of regrets. I wish I would have done this. I wish I would have done that. You know, I mean, how, how many people wish, you know, that when they're in their 50s or 60s, they wish they could go back and talk to themselves in their 20s and tell them, don't do this, do this. You know, and, and we have that hunger for forgiveness, hunger for respect, because intrinsically we know we are valuable, intrinsically, but we don't feel valuable. In fact, oftentimes we feel the opposite, like we have no value. Um, dignity. We know we have dignity. We are made in God's image and in his likeness. But we feel a hunger for it. I don't feel dignified. I don't feel respected. I don't feel appreciated. Connection. You know, when you have these feelings, meaning. What, what, what am I here for? What am I doing here? Why do I go to church? Why do I do all this stuff? Why do, why do I, you know, and all of us feel it. Whether you go to church, you don't go to church, it doesn't matter. We all feel these things. Those are spiritual hunger pains. The need for value. What's my worth? What difference do I make here? What have I brought to this world? And the older we get, the stronger those questions get. The louder that voice gets. A need for belonging. I don't feel close to this group. I don't feel close to that group. I don't feel connected at work. I don't feel like I belong to the group, my baseball team or my softball team or whatever, you know. I don't feel we left. We feel left out. The need for validation. 
for people to show that they love us, they care about us, that they 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 understand our hurts, they understand our wounds, and none of the, and these things are not bad things. But the stronger the need and the hunger for them, the more it reveals our spiritual hunger, our spiritual need, the need to escape, to go drink, to go get high, to go eat, to go have sex, to go look at pornography. Those are all spiritual need signs. Those are all the little alarms that tell us something is wrong. Something is unfulfilled. Something is empty. The need for peace. And, and, and we all feel these things to various degrees. You know, I could feel half these things in one day sometimes. And it just, and, and, but the problem is we don't recognize it. When we're hungry physically, we know exactly what's happening. Our stomach starts growling. We feel this feeling that we maybe can't even describe, but it's there. And we know it's time to eat. But we recognize it immediately. But not so with spiritual needs. Not so. We think, I just had more money. I wouldn't feel so lonely. I wouldn't feel unhappy. I wouldn't feel left out. Or we think, if I, if I just got a more education, and I wouldn't feel so worthless. I wouldn't feel so nothing. If I just ha- found the right person to marry or to be with or to be my partner, then I would feel like I have value. Then I would feel complete. Then I would feel like, you, and you can fill in the blank. There's many of these things, right? Four common ways people encounter spirituality. People find spirituality. First and most obvious, nature. Nature. You go to a mountaintop, you go hiking, and you look at the beauty of creation. And you can't help but to think about God. You go to a place where you go out in the desert at night and you just look at the stars. You can't help but think about God. You go to the ocean and, and, and stare at the ocean. It reminds you of the depth and the massiveness and the and the, the, the incredibleness of God, right? It, it's just nature does that. Nature speaks about God. Justice. You know, justice is the way we find God taking care of each other, helping each other, serving each other, having being in community, being connected to one another. It's we experience God as we God is a community, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. He invites us into his community and he invites us and he creates a community. We call it the church. And that helps us to experience God, to experience spirituality, contemplation. When we take time to sit down and think about these things, you know, um, there's a there's a term uh, in nature. There's places where you 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 stand there and you just you feel close to God. You're looking off the cliffs at the ocean, and you just feel like, gosh, I feel like I'm two inches from heaven. You've felt that before. Most of you have. If you haven't, then you you need to get in the car and go to the beach or go to a mountain or go to a desert or something. But I think most of us have had that experience in life. That we're just, it's what C.S. Lewis called the thin places where, wow, you can almost sense God. You can sense his creation, right? Romans one uh, twenty says, For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power, his divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made. The Bible says the stars shout the glory of God so that people are without excuse. You can't say, I didn't know there was a God. Everybody knows there's a God. Every place on the planet, religions in the most remote, I mean, the tribes and people in the most remote places have a religion because they see nature and nature tells them 
there is a God. Now, that doesn't mean that, you know, to be spiritual is to worship nature. We've got to make that distinction. But it's to understand because it points to God. It tells us there is a God. When you study the universe, and there's a famous uh, line from Kepler, the great astronomist. And he made a model, a working model of the solar system. Of course, not to scale. He can't do that. But, but you know, he had the sun and the planets going around and everything. And, and he had it in his office and he built it and it, it worked. You know, the, the, the planets went around the sun, the moon went around the earth. And, and he brought everybody in and they were like, they're like, wow, this is marvelous. This is incredible. Who made this? And he said, nobody just happened. And they're like, what do you mean it just happened? Clearly you had to make this. Look at how complex it is and how, how, how well built it is. And he said to them, how is it that you can see so clearly that somebody had to make this simple little model, but the complexity of the real universe, you think it just happened? No, the universe tells us, no, this didn't just happen. There's a designer. There's somebody behind it. It connects us to God. It connects us that we know there's something more. And the justice, of course, that's intrinsic because why we were made in God's image, right? That 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 line that comes out just boom like that. That's not right. Or that's not fair. That feeling of burning when we see injustice, when we when we feel somebody being treated wrong or or somebody being trampled on or oppressed and, and we watch movies and it just oh we're so mad that that happened. That's because we're made in God's image because that is how God feels about injustice. And we're made in his image and in his likeness. Um, Psalm 56, and the heavens proclaim his righteousness, for he is a God of justice. That's God. That's our God. That's how he rolls. Community, right? Numbers 10, 13, when both trumpets are sounded, the whole community. This was God telling the Hebrews basically what he wanted, how they were going to operate. He says, when the trumpets, both of them are sounded, the whole community is to assemble before you at the entrance to the tent of meetings. He kept having them assemble together. Everybody. I'd say the whole community. Not, and even this is God, not just the men over 30 years old, but everybody just to assemble there. The promise in Acts chapter 2, when he's quoting Joel, is that his spirit would be poured on all peoples, men, women, everybody. Everybody from all backgrounds. And and, and he, he loves the whole community, brings them all together. We call that fellowship. And that's a that's a that's a an, a very important aspect of spirituality. Something happens where two or three or more are gathered. And guess what? Jesus shows up, right? And the benefits, there's lots of benefits. I mean, I don't have time to go into all the benefits, but there's great benefits. Religious communities provide needed support. We literally live longer. I mean, there's all kinds of research on that. There's TED Talks on that. How people who are part of a spiritual community, they're healthier, they live longer. Uh, those who are part of a religious community have better health, less depression, less substance abuse, less chance of suicide than people who are not part of such communities. And I'm not saying it doesn't happen. It happens, unfortunately. And just because the church is a church doesn't mean they're a spiritual community. And sometimes people can be even in the middle of a spiritual community and be disconnected because of how they conduct themselves in the community. They have walls. We build walls, particularly when we've suffered. It's very tempting to build walls and keep people away. It's a natural protection thing. I've been hurt. You're not going to hurt me again. I'm not going to get hurt again. 
and we build these walls and we keep our distance instead of spiritually strengthening each other we navigate each other and 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 so it's so important the spiritual community so many benefits come out of that four common ways um people encounter contemplation is the other one the last one where we study scripture we read scripture we meditate on it we memorize it we let it change us literally will rewire our brain and make us healthier make us happier make us more at peace that's what contemplation is all about that's what again a lot of you who are in spiritual formation classes we're going to be doing again in the fall and we're going to be doing other different kinds of workshop on spiritual development and contemplation Joshua 1.8, keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. What does God want us to do? He wants us to slow down. As it says in Psalm 46, be still and know that he is God. And, and, and read these out loud. Let it be on your lips. Meditate on it day and night. Think about these things, right? Things of above, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. And of course, he's talking about the law, but the but the word of God is the law. Jesus is the fulfillment of the law. Think about it. Think about it. Let the scriptures move you, transform you. Romans twelve two says, "Do not be conformed by the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to go and test to prove what God's will is, this good, pleasing, and perfect will." See, God is, a lot of times we think God is trying to grab me and make me do a bunch of stuff and make me obedient, make me follow rules and da 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 No, that's not, God is not a cosmic parole officer. God is trying to bless you, trying to help you be transformed and to be what you were created to be, to be like him, which is really what will make us happy. We were created in his image and in his likeness. What is, what is he? God is love. You know what makes us happy? Love makes us happy. God is faithfulness. Faithfulness makes us happy. God is joy. I mean, the more we get of God in us, the more our spirit is transformed, the more we allow God to transform us. It's how much greater life is. That's what he's trying to do. He's not trying to tie you down and make you live a bunch, bunch of rules. Religion. Religion does that a lot. Jesus was constantly fighting with the Pharisees because he was breaking their rules. And he was always calling them to something more important. He said, go find out what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. Now, Jesus didn't throw out the rules. He didn't throw them away, although we've been set free of the law, 613 laws of the Old Testament. But he called us to some higher rules, to love one another, to love each other. And that's what, that's what spirituality is, is, is being transformed into that person, the person that God designed you to be. It's becoming your what, what some would call your true self. Instead of your false self, who's trying to navigate this world. We're walking around with fear and shame and hurt and all this stuff, and we're just trying to get through life. And God is calling you to something far greater. The confidence that comes from walking confident of his love. 
full of his spirit, filled with your heart, filled with hope. This is what God is inviting us to in spirituality. The Bible, I love this quote by Dwight Moody, one of the great preachers. Um, Bible was not given for our information, but for our transformation. The Bible is to transform us, not just give us the information we need so we don't go to hell. Not just give us instructions so we know how to bake a life. It's much more than that. It's much more God reaching out and trying to save us, oftentimes from ourselves. That's what this is really about. That's what spirituality is about. It's that transformation where we go from a caterpillar devouring everything in the world, eating everything, learning everything, grabbing this, buying phone, buying computer, buying this, that, that, just devour, 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 devour. We're the consumer society. To being somebody who's in the chrysolite, who's being changed, that can come out and be a butterfly. <laughs> what we were designed to be, the spiritual being that we are, the spirituality that God calls us to. In Romans 12, he says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Let your mind be changed. Let your mind grow. Don't be an old wineskin. Don't be an old dog. They say you can't teach old dogs new tricks. Then don't be an old dog. Be a new dog. That's got nothing to do with age. It's got nothing to do with t miles or how long you've been around. You know, be somebody who can change and grow. And, and some of us can say, well, I had a bad experience in church. I had a bad experience in religion. I grew up getting beat over the head and da-da-da. I get it. We've, we've all had bad experiences. But sometimes we got to stop and say, okay, is this it? Is this the end? No. God's still working on you. He's trying to help you grow spiritually. You say, but I'm not even in a church. I don't even go to a church. It doesn't mean he's not working on you. It doesn't mean he's not reaching out to you and trying to pull you in. So he can corral you and put you in the jail of church? No. So you can have life and life to the full. That's what he's trying to do. Genesis one twenty six. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image. And in the image our in, in our likeness. So that so that they may rule over the fish and the sea and the birds of the sky and over the livestock and the wild animals and over all the creatures that move, move along the ground. He wants us to be like him because we're responsible for things. We're responsible for the land and the sea and the air and the fish and the animals and the birds. And, and he wants us to take good care of them. And a spiritual person understands how everything is important. Everything is connected. God made everything. He doesn't want us trashing everything and destroying everything. It's important that as spiritual beings, we understand the heart and mind of God. And so God created mankind in his own image. We did not create God in our image. He made us in his image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. He made us both, both in his image. What are the characteristics of spirituality? Well, there's a sense of inner peace, the shalom. When, when, you, when you're strong spiritually, there's a sense of, of peace. And that's so important, especially over this last year, to be able to just go back to shalom, to be able to, I frequently have to just stop and recenter myself in God. 
I have that because I know God. But a lot of people, and a lot of even maybe those watching or listening, they don't have that center. They don't even, where is the center? Where do I find that? How do I do that? We just, we got to grow spiritually. Compassion for others. The more, the, the, the stronger the spirit of God in us, the stronger our own spirit, the more one it is with God's spirit, the more compassion we have on everybody. We stop throwing rocks. We stop casting stones because we know we're no better than anyone else. And we are not the judge. It's a reverence for life. It's, it's, it's because God considers life precious. Precious. You know, he, he instructed the Hebrews when they laid siege to a city to not damage the trees. What? Yeah. He was concerned about the trees. Wow. With all the things God's got to worry about, he's worried about a bunch of trees. Yeah. It's a reverence for life. Gratitude. So many good things. I did a thing the other day. I I made a list of 10 things I'm grateful for before I was five, before I was 10, in my teen years, in my 20s. Man, by the end of that, I was so, I was on a natural high of joy. It was like, wow. You know, and, and I had a life, a childhood that a lot of people would think was horrible. It wasn't. It was great. Perspective, right? Gratitude. Appreciation for unity and diversity. God loves diversity. I mean, good night. Look at look at a zebra. Is it black or white? Yes. He just likes he likes doing stuff. There's some animals I don't even know what they're called that they, they have the back of a zebra and the front of a gazelle and a head of a I don't know what. They're just weird looking. Go to Australia. All kinds of strange things happening there. God just he's so creative. I think sometimes he just had fun painting animals. Humor. When you can let go and you can just enjoy someone's presence that's these are all these are all spiritual attributes wisdom you know wisdom given from god he gives it freely the more one we are with his spirit generosity we live in a world of scarcity mind that that's why pandemic hits everybody's hiding toilet paper what in the world is that about because we live in fear of scarcity i only got so much money i only got so much time i only got this it's but we, where our spirits are one with God, there's a feeling God's in control. I can be generous. God will refill me. Ability to transcend self. It's not just about me. Get myself out of. And I'm, and I'm telling you this, not as someone who's got all this down, but as somebody on the journey to deal with these things and to grow in the spirit. And there's no looking down. If you come to church, there shouldn't be anybody looking down on you. If you're the most unspiritual wretch on the planet, the fact is you actually are spiritual. You just don't know it. You just don't feel it or recognize it. Well, you feel the hunger pains. You feel the lack of and the consequences of that. The ability to transcend self, to to, to not be stuck in self. Capacity of unconditional love. To just love. Love people who are different. Love people have problems. And this is these are some of the higher things of spirituality. And we wrestle with, ah, but, oh, that person or those people or that group or, ugh. We all struggle with it. But spirituality helps us to get right. 1 Corinthians 2.14. The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but consider them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. There's some things that, as an unspiritual person, we're just not going to get it. We're not going to understand. We're not going to ever get awoke. 
until we start opening up our hearts to being more spiritual, until we start growing spiritually. Spiritual. Everything is God. Everything is connected. Love is everything. Everything is spiritual. Everything is a journey. Everyone matters. Everything matters. Only God matters. Only God matters. Only God is good. Nothing is fatal. Failure is not fatal. We all make mistakes. Spiritual person understands that. We're on a journey. We're going to fall down sometimes. We're going to mess up sometimes. Spiritual person isn't standing in judgment. Spiritual person that knows that God is the judge. Nothing is fatal. Death is in tra- is transition. A spiritual person does not fear death. One of the greatest fears in mankind. And fear is a big issue. God tells us not to fear 365 times in Scripture. One for every day. There's nothing to fear. And a spiritual person understands we are one. We're all in this together. We're one. We're one in Christ when we are Christians, but we're also one in God because we were all made in his image. The Sarxist person, the person who lives by the flesh, lives by the world, what we would call worldly or secular or unspiritual. Everything's up to me. That's a big burden to carry. Everyone is on their own. Love is an emotion, not the powerful force, not God. Nothing matters. Of course nothing matters because if spirituality and religion are the ones that give us right and wrong, they tell you what's right, what's better, and what are you going to try to become? You know, if you have no direction to become, become what? Truth is subjective. Well, I got my truth, you got your truth. Well, if there's no universal spirituality, then everybody's up to their own thoughts. Reality is only what's visible. Oh my goodness. If I can't see it, I can't touch it, I can't smell it, I can't taste it, it doesn't exist. Ooh, is that wrong? No one matters. What's it really matter? You know, I mean, one life is as good as another. And and if we're not talking about we're all precious before the Lord, then what's it matter? Nothing is good or bad. Well, isn't it God who decides what's good and bad? If there's no God, if there's no spirit, spiritual truth, then tribalism is necessary. I need protection, so I need a group of people around me who will stand with me. And we are the we. We're the us. And everybody else is the them. It's all unspiritual, lack of spirituality, where it takes us. Fear is necessary because fear protects us and keeps us out of danger. And so it's necessary. Death is final. It's it. It's over. Which is horrible. That's, that's, that's the flesh, you know, where the other side is the spiritual person. So his divine power, who's God's, has given us everything we need for a godly life. Okay, a spiritual life, a life in God. Through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through knowing God. Spirituality is, is knowing, getting to know God and connect. And in that journey, we get to know ourselves too. That's the hard part. Because we got issues. We got problems. We've got hurts. We've got shame. We've got all this stuff going on. But you won't be able to deal with it unless you're also aware of God's love, God's mercy. God's kindness, God's compassion, God's patience. So it's through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. He called us not because we're good, but because he's good. He loves us not because we're right, 
but because he's right. Thank God his love is not based on us. Through these he has given us his very great and precious promises, so that through them you may participate in the divine nature. Here's, boom, this is the grand prize. We participate in his divine nature. Love. Peace. Joy. Things everybody wants. That's the life we all want. Just people pursue it in different ways. Careers, jobs, money, relationships, all this stuff. And the problem is they climb that ladder and get to the top and realize that's not where I wanted to be. I climbed the wrong ladder. It's the spiritual ladder that takes us where we really all want to be. Having escaped the corruption and the world caused by evil desires. There's a lot of junk going on around us. Spirituality is escaping it. It's escaping it. First Corinthians, and we're wrapping up here. First Corinthians 2.13 This is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, explaining spiritual realities with Spirit-taught words. See, it, it's, 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 it requires a focus. It requires an investment. I'm going to open up my heart and mind. It's not about religion. It's not about church. Those are great. Those are helpful. But that's not what it's about. And many people have been traumatized by those things. So just focus on God and his spirit. Just focus on learning about him. That's, that's spirituality. So... That's a good place to stop. So finding God next week outside of his church. What? Robert, that's heresy. Guess what? God's not sitting on the pews. He's everywhere. Sometimes we just don't know that. We don't realize it. So we'll talk about that next week. So thanks for joining us. That's the message this week. That's the lesson this week. Next week we'll tackle finding God outside of church. God bless you. And we hope to see you next week with some more friends and family. Goodbye. God bless you. Buen camino. You've just listened to the Metro LA Podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit MetroLARegion.com 